0: May the peace of God be with you. As we spend this month looking at the fruit of the Spirit, we start with peace and with joy. Now, despite Paul greeting the people of Thessalonica with a greeting of peace, as he wrote to them, Grace and peace to you, he writes. It was hardly a peaceful place when he left it. In Acts 17, we find the, the city in uproar. For Paul's preaching in the synagogue had led to a rent mob being on the streets and the Christian leaders being blamed for the insurrection. And so, the apostle was issued with an ASBO, an antisocial behavior order, and told to leave the independent, vibrant, multicultural city and not return. His two letters to the Thessalonians are a means of preaching from a distance, rather like how we today stream online. We can communicate across the world by using the internet or by using the telephone. We're able to share the word and connect with its meaning without physically all being together. And that's what he was doing as he wrote a letter. Now, Although Paul had not been guilty of the rioting, he had been disturbing the peace, the peace of those who were comfortable in their ways. He had proclaimed the gospel of Jesus, and we can see in this passage from his letter that he had stirred hearts and that he had led many people to Christ, leading them in a way, and as many, such that in Greek he refers to them as ecclesia, the word that now gives us church. It means an assembly, and it's an assembly such as the councils that they had of the day. The people have gone from false idols to serving the true and living God. On accepting Christ, a new peace would come and grow within, the peace that comes from the Holy Spirit. This happens when we trust in the Lord, giving ourselves to him in surrender. So experiencing reconciliation with our Heavenly Father and receiving an ever-growing awareness of his mercy and of his grace. We have to choose what sort of peace we want to have in our lives. Is it the easy peace that conforms to the way of the world, the way of our uh, surroundings, the city or town or village, that we live in? Do we simply go with the flow of what is around us? Or do we choose the peace of God, which is a greater peace, a peace that can grow as our relationship deepens, a true peace that surpasses all understanding? Having This peace, this peace of God is not always easy, though. The Thessalonian church were seeking the peace of God. But as they did so, it meant that they faced opposition by those that wanted a different peace. Across the city, there were those with other opinions. And of course, that the majority of people, or those with the loudest mouths, or those with the most political or financial power in a society, might say that something is good and right, and should be the direction of travel, does not mean that that is the best way, that that is the right way, that that is the way that we should go. It doesn't mean that it's anywhere near God's plan for the world or God's plan for us. And so we must always discern where the spirit is leading rather than what others in wider society might tell us. We need to ask questions like, is it in keeping with scripture Does it reflect the way of Jesus? Where is God's love seen in this? And does it further the kingdom of God? When we live seeking positive answers to these questions, we will feel our relationship with God grow. And as that relationship grows, so does the peace of God in our life. And as that peace grows, even as we might live in opposition to society, a sense of joy will fill our hearts. With this peace, events, And times that make us unhappy or sad may still happen. They almost certainly will. We might be unwell. We may grieve. We might face opposition because of our faith. We might struggle in our school or in our employment. Indeed, in the last 15 months, Uh, probably everyone has had a struggle in one way or another. And yet, even in those moments, because we have a relationship with God, we can still experience a joy within. The Thessalonians are said to be in the midst of severe suffering because of their faith. severe suffering. And yet, they are also with joy. The joy of the Lord is present, and it gives them the strength that they need, even in painful times, because of that peace in their hearts. There has been a removal of a sense of anxiety or worry about the future, and there is a hope that we too can have in Jesus of forgiveness and of new life. There is an under... That's easy, isn't it? An undergirding based not on what we have done or on our present circumstances, but in what Christ has done for us on the cross. That's where our peace comes from that is where our joy is found. Thanks to the peace that the members of the church in Thessalonica knew, allowing their joy even in the persecution they faced and the desire to follow Christ was clearly seen throughout the region and also far beyond. This witness that they had, this sense that they were reflecting the likeness of Jesus was noticed by many. And I wonder whether our own peace and assurance of the gospel, our own joy, is as contagious as theirs. We all await the day when his peace reigns, and the joy will be fulfilled as Jesus comes again, bringing a fullness of God's kingdom to the earth. The word Paul uses for this return, "perusia," it says in the Greek, draws upon the idea of the arrival of royalty. I'm sure you've seen uh, the queen, or maybe a member of the royal family, if not in person, maybe on the TV, arriving somewhere. The flags are flying. There's a guard of honor. The crowd are cheering and waving. Those festivities are a microcosm of what it will be for Christ as the King of Kings comes. That day of delight, is coming. But our getting ready is not the hanging up of bunting. It's not the giving everything a a lick of paint. Instead, it is living as the image of Christ, full of mercy and grace, and with hearts of joy and peace because of what he has done. We need not cause a riot in the street, but may we be seen to be different, for we have the hope of salvation. Amen.